We'll give it to you any way you want it. So don't stop believing that you'll be getting new exciting episodes every week just as long as you follow us faithfully on your streaming platforms. That's right. Hit the because you are now going off with RC and Muse. Muse, how you doing? What's going on? I think there's a special grading scale, right? Like, I'm doing okay for 2020. Yeah, I haven't heard about murder hornets in my specific neck of the woods today. So, okay, things aren't too bad. You know, like, trying to look at the glass half full, you know, yeah. Exactly. You know what you just <laughs> reminded me of with that intro, by the way? I heard a commercial for... Uh, hashtag not an ad, uh, Rocket Mortgage. And, I mean, I don't know exactly how many people are buying fucking houses right now. <laughs> but they thought the best way to attract Gen X people, mm. because I don't think Zoomers or Millennials would be particularly uh, enticed or get the reference of a Two Princes Spin Doctors parody. Oh, oh, so yeah, that's a niche audience right there. They're going for something. As we've seen with folks like Weird Al have uh, shown, there's a specific art to a song parody, and something we've even noticed on this show and talking about it from time to time is that when you have a lazy song parody where you don't change a lot of the words, uh, that's not a good one. That's, uh, that's a do not do. You want to change a good bit of those words to actually seem like you put some thought into it. The best version of that is like, I lost on Jeopardy by Weird Al, where it's like, okay, he used the word that's in the song, but there's enough change where it's like, you're getting a different premise. You were able to change the entire thing. Yeah. You don't want to hop into a booth with rocket mortgage will put money in your pocket. What? And, and then follow it with one day maybe you'll buy rockets. Okay, uh, when uh, when pockets <laughs> and, and rocket were already in the original, and you have a guy in the booth trying to imitate the guy's singing voice too. Mm-hmm. The, the carefree '90s guy. Yeah, I don't know how much that person got paid to record that, but I think it's safe to say not nearly enough. Besides that, though. <laughs> who who isn't talking about WAP? Am I right? Mm, I mean, whap, 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 whap. from coast to coast, <laughs> which might whap. actually be the appropriate uh, onomatopoeia, honestly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, censor censor this for the uh, for for the radio stations. <laughs> I get the re- okay. Can we can we talk about the radio edit first? Because you mentioned it. <laughs> get, so get what? I didn't even bother trying to listen. So, the YouTube edit um, would not fly on the radio. And instead of mm. wet-ass pussies, and for those who never wanted to hear me say that, uh, there it is. Wet-ass pussy is what WAP stands for. And in the YouTube edit, it's uh, Romantic. it's wet and gushy, which is still yeah. too explicit for the radio. Like, when I first heard it, like, them, like when it was like... Watching the music video and it's like, oh, they're clearly censoring this because like you hear it the first time and it's like W A P and wait, they're not saying what you know they would be saying there and it's like wet and gushy and then I was just like, you know, that's also pretty descriptive. <laughs> it gets the point across, sure, good job. Yeah, like maybe like a little better than the original. <laughs> it's one of those like when you censor it, it actually makes it more explicit, you know. I think on the radio edit, they basically just like they either took the wet 
or the and and just repeated it with this wet and wet. <laughs> I hate it when they do the editing where it's just like the lazy but just a faded out like the last word that came before, you know? <laughs> so everybody is up in arms about it. What decade are we in again? <laughs> we just had R.A. on the show last week <laughs> talking about uh, John Denver and Dee Snyder and fucking Frank Zappa. Uh, and the PMRC, and here we are all over again. But in addition to them, we've got... Um, I specifically saw CeeLo. Did you CeeLo, see that? that's right. Yeah, I forgot about CeeLo. Motherfucker, who gives a shit about what fucking rape apologist CeeLo has to say about anything in 2020? I was fucking dumbfounded. Just like... <laughs> Like, first of all, just what he said, like, going specifically to what he actually said, right? Because that, that's what we like to do around here. We like, no, 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 let, let's let you speak. <laughs> you know, let, let's not fuck him up. A lot of music today is very unfortunate and disappointing on a personal and moral level. And says that the adult content in their music uh, is desperate, no, feels desperate. If you were maybe saying this about, like, hip-hop at large, like, hey, they're, they're, it feels like, like, all we rap about is just, like, sex all the time. That's fine. But you specifically said, oh, Cardi, Megan the Stallion. And, and you, know, just, you know what I'm saying? Oh, just happens to be the three women who are actually prominent. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, how about you women stop talking about sex as much? It's like, fucking, excuse me? <laughs> and and just from the moral basis, like, the first thing I thought of as soon as I saw this headline was just like, wait, CeeLo, isn't he the guy that did the Closet Freak song that was like, some people don't like that you talk about freaking, but we freak anyway because you do what makes you happy. Like, wh wh what happened to that? <laughs> One person brought this lyric up specifically from a song called Necromancer. <laughs> it's it's naughty, very naughty necrophilia. Without a care, I'm compassionate about killing her. I'd have my way with what's left of the will in her. Cosmopolitans and cocaine and the occasional pill in her. That's one of those, like, insane clown posse fucking types of songs. But I was surprised that was fucking CeeLo, because that absolutely sounds like fucking horrorcore bullshit. Right, and it was just like, listen, it was just like, because I remember listening, that, that's from the, um... Uh, Niles Barkley album, right? And I, like, that was one of those songs that was just like, it was always uncomfortable to me. And it was just like, I don't know, you know, you know how you listen to a song and it's like, hey, you know, you don't always listen to music to make you a better person, right? You know, sometimes it's like that sort of like, ooh, yeah, you know, like, ah, I wish I could be that type of like, you know, boisterous character, whatever the fuck. And it was like, you just made a song about how you wish you could have sex with a dead person. I'm like, I, I don't have that in me. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to experience that. <laughs> Why do you? <laughs> why, why do you want to make songs about that? <laughs> I never got into Goody Mob myself. Really, my experience with CeeLo is specifically Gnarls Barkley. And um, I actually liked more of their songs than just what got out there. I mean, especially if we're looking at Saint, uh, Saint Elsewhere. Oh, I used to love Saint Elsewhere. The, the album Necromancer is tucked away very close to the end. <laughs> uh, Crazy was the big one that that mm -hmm. still gets fucking played today, but I remember Smiley Faces, their, oh, yeah. their cover of uh, Violent Femmes' Gone Daddy Gone. I thought that was a really good track. I actually really like the uh, Transformers track. Um, the Go Go Gadget Gospel is a fun one, especially with the music video. 
Uh, and it was on a Boondocks episode that I randomly found one time. <laughs> and I remember the follow-up that uh, "Run, I'm a Natural Disaster." Yeah, track that from was the a good lead single. And uh, I think it was "Who's Gonna Save My Soul Now?" Yeah, and it was another one. "Run, I'm a Natural Disaster." Going on. Was, like, going on. Yeah, yeah. So like you know they had they had a couple of bobs, man. This is my thing though. Like yeah, they're making very like you know, challenging material that's kind of like, oh, what do you think of this? You know what I'm saying? Like, surprises me that this is coming out of the mouth of someone like this who does seem to have that sort of, like, you know, make material that 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 dances around the edge and isn't afraid to be, like, sexual or whatever. So, like, where the fuck is this coming from? And again, on top of that, it's like, let's not act like, you know, this guy has been the paragon for feminism. So, like, well, maybe you should listen to CeeLo because, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's you know, stirred so many, uh, uh, you know, fallen women away from a, a worse path. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like if he was some, like, great guy, I'd be like, I, you know, if it was like Sunit O'Connor talking to Miley Cyrus, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, a, hey, maybe listen to her. You know, she's been on your side of things. May- maybe she's got some, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a little context there. Where you might, but, like, see, I was like, who the, wh- where do you get off? <laughs> but that's not a CeeLo. I think it's funny that uh, Megan The Stallion's tweet, uh, the response to the criticism Y'all were okay with slob on my knob, but now you're crying about wet. We only have these conversations, it seems, when women are being explicit. And yeah. again, it's just like, did we not, like, did y'all forget Lil' Kim? Like, what's happening here, guys? <laughs> Do we need a refresher course? <laughs> Here's my thing. Again, not being the most familiar with rap from a certain time period. I was unaware that there was a 3-6 Mafia song slob on my knob so my (laughs) mind went immediately to fucking future Uh, oh right which which makes it even more relevant when you think about it (laughs) i was like hey that's way more recent and we're still saying that shit like it's you didn't have to go all the way back to apparently 1996 for a frame of reference of a song where guys were being (laughs) sexual guys have made disgusting sex songs recently (laughs) there's no shortage I'm pretty sure, like, fuck it, if you go back on my show, you'll find, you know, yeah, long as my bitches love me and I can treat them like shit and it's it's okay because I'm Drake, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and now I do remember people talking about it, but it was like think pieces and stuff like that. It wasn't like a widespread, like, nah, we reject this culturally. You know what I'm saying? Now, the main guy, the man of the hour that I, I wanted to bring up specifically was, was all Ben... We gotta talk about Ben. We're talking oh, about this. Do we have to? I, I I want to at least for a second because I'm worried. <laughs> I I do have a worry in me about this because I'm seeing mm. a lot of people making a wet ass p word a meme. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass p word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, you effing with some wet ass p word. P word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop. For this wet ass p word, give me everything you got for this wet ass p word. I've seen people uh, do remixes with his audio. I've seen people doing like TikTok dance videos. Wet ass p word, uh, like how? Do you not hear yourself? Do you not hear how not cool you are right now? Like, <laughs> but my worry because of this, way more people are aware of Ben Shapiro than they were yeah. before. When whenever I talked about him. I would have to give the context of who he was, what where he came from, what his show is about, 
and they never would have even heard about that whole subsect of people. But now, because of this video, way more people know about his show and they know who he is. And my worry that we're in the middle, or that we're currently seeing... This is blow-up meme. This is the new... Uh, they're putting wa stuff in the water to turn the frogs gay. This is mm. the thing that endears enough people, like they did with Alex Jones, that enough people will watch Ben for a joke, and yeah. what ends up happening is that a good bit of people end up sticking around and thinking, right. hey, you know, this guy makes some decent points. And then they fucking start watching unironically. And that's what worries me, because that's what happened with Alex Jones. People stuck around, and a view is a view. We've always said that. Where Yeah, see, that's what it is at the end of the day. Like, even if yeah. you're watching it for a, a laugh, or you're watching it, you know, ironically to make fun of them, that still benefits them at the end of the day. You gotta internet responsibly, people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I know people might be listening and they're aware who Ben is, but I would just go ahead and if you hear anyone in the casual say, hey, I was just recently watching this YouTube video and it starts sounding a little sketchy, and you want to be like, uh, who was that? Who, who was that <laughs> saying that in the video? And they happen to say, like, oh, it was Ben Shapiro. Then you could, um... Maybe drop a little knowledge on him as to why you may only want to watch him in extremely, extremely, extremely small doses. Uh, because, yeah, that shit fucking seeps in, man. And that's the whole point of it anyway. Because the goal is to get as many viewers as possible. Exactly. That's that's what all that appeal for centrism is. It's just grifting. Like... You know, because it's just like, well, if I can get the people who are just on the fence, and I can tell them, like, I'm on the fence, too. I mean, I probably actually do have ideologies, but I just haven't dissected it enough. But, you know, I'm getting everybody, so I'm not even, you know what I'm saying? I'm not dividing people. It's like everyone can come in, you know? That's what's dangerous, and they know how to play that game of the seeming way more accessible and then just kind of slowly turning that knob up. It's basically like cooking a lobster. Hmm, yeah. You can't you can't put a lobster in the pot of already scalding oh hot boiling water. Of already scalding hot, awful uh, ideologies and uh, intakes and ideas. It's, yeah. it's got to be low. And then you turn it up slowly so they don't realize what's happening. And that's unfortunately what happens oh, no. with a lot of people watching this shit. I feel like in the past, we've always done this thing of like, you know, hate has no place here. And when people hate because of skin color, that's bad. And it's like, that's not how hatred really works. Because everyone likes to think they're logical. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And so if they go like, like, oh, it's not that I hate black people. It actually makes sense because they're just lazy and da-da-da-da-da. And if you look at the da-da-da-da-da. You know, like, if you actually talk to racists, it's not that they're just like, they don't just go, oh, they have brown skin color and I hate them. Ah, they don't look like me. <laughs> exactly. It's deeper than that. <laughs> and the thing about it is that sort of, like, turning up the knob thing, like, all it is really is just, like, that is the logical steps that those type of people take because it feels like it makes sense when you have no one else to intervene and like be like and point out certain things that don't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Because what that logic does is inherently go like, oh, but but that argument's not even like part of the whole thing. Like we're, we're just thinking of over here right now, you know, like <laughs> it's how it works. It's so fucking insidious. But yeah, you got to critical thinking skills, man. Who knew how important it would be? <laughs> <laughs> remember at the end of like you know 
history uh, uh, book chapters or whatever, you'd always see critical thinking. Uh, what you know? What would happen if the forefathers didn't do that? You know what I'm saying? It's oh always yeah, that sort of it's the takeaway. <laughs> They just should have given us uh, maybe a bit more probing questions. <laughs> I gotta turn it over to uh, Chenna, who requested the original soundtrack to uh, the video game Journey. The uh-huh. Just watching gameplay footage, the music is way more epic than the gameplay itself, but I'll play it one day. I think I have it downloaded. It's a completely instrumental album, so that's what uh, RC means when he says we don't have a whole lot to say about it, unfortunately, because there's no uh, lyrics uh, to discuss, and a lot of the tracks are kind of similar, so you can't really talk about those too much. And it's not even one of those things where it's just like, because, you know, I went to I went to music college, and, you know, I learned hey. about music and all this sort of, you know, of stuffy fancies. Uh, yeah, exactly, advanced uh, musical term shit. But, like, you know, th- there's still a certain level of, like, I like to be engaged, you know what I mean? And this music is so specifically designed to be with something else that this is like, it does not give you a lot besides like, I think in the first minute of the first track, there's like, oh, a little, a little fuzzy thing that happens, you know, with the instrumental where it's like, and I saw the trailer and it's like, it, it coincides with like the character being introduced. So it's like, oh, that was a cool little feel. And I was thinking, oh, is there going to be like a technology, uh, excuse me, like, you know, a play with like sounds of technology with this orchestra. And it's like, eh, it doesn't really do that. You know what I'm saying? Like for the most part. Yeah. Like you said, like even for classical stuff, like it is pretty like relatively repetitive, except for like certain moments where like music will be like really rushing and really hard and so like even in that respect like i was trying to think of it in terms of like yeah why would you listen to this and like that's what i i try to think of this project like as like would this be a good listen for you if you were like hey i'm a classical music fan or i like listening like soundtracks or whatever the hell but like this it it doesn't give you any strong enough like musical themes to really remember you know what i'm trying to say doesn't have like a lot of powerful like motifs and stuff like that of that nature that that really cling to you that make you want to listen to it again that make you go like oh i remember that song that that goes like this you know what i'm saying like and like i'm not saying everything needs to be like you know this full melody in your face but like there's still you know and and I feel bad because at the same time, like, this is absolutely beautiful orchestral music. Like, it is fantastic. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It is wonderfully done. It's just kind of like, as I listen to it and go through what it goes through, I just think, like, who else is going to listen to this, though? <laughs> like, I was even thinking, like, even in terms of, like, hey, just music to listen to while you're just, like, you know, chilling on a Sunday morning. But it's not even that because, like, there's just, like, in inordinate amount of tracks where things just sound like discordant and just like you know what i'm saying rough so it's like you can't really enjoy it on that level (laughs) you know there were a couple tracks where and again it's basically the gameplay is you wandering in a desert so a lot of it does kind of mirror just the not really a whole lot's kind of happening vibe. Again, that works in conjunction in the with context. the game you are playing. Yeah, like, this game, this music is great with something else. <laughs> I was sitting in the car. I'm gonna check out that Journey soundtrack real quick and see what that sounds like. And I did almost fall asleep, but that's because I didn't make it to the, um, to the more intense tracks at, at the moment. And that's not necessarily because we fucking said, you know, everything has a purpose. Some of these tracks would definitely help you go to sleep. There are some moments in these overall 
uh, it's kind of varied tracks where it's trying to convey a good bit of stuff. So some parts are way more subdued and then it picks up usually in the last like minute, maybe. Um, but that varies also. Yeah. Like uh final confluence. It had like these bells that sounded like they were just like floating in the mix that like, I thought that sounded really cool. Uh, yeah. And then there was just like after a minute and a half, it was like this blast of this rich orchestral mm-hmm. melody, like that, like that song particularly got me with just like with that contrast and how cool it sounded. You know what I'm saying? Like how it was weirdly moving and stuff like that. It was one of those things. That was like it hit this real emotional spot. I'm not sure what the emotion was supposed to be, but I, I was definitely impacted by the musical moment happening. I guess <laughs> you know. And it's funny that you bring up like falling asleep. Okay, because I had written down. No- <laughs> At my old art school, right, uh, we had uh, Arts Wednesdays, right? So, like, you know, every Wednesday, I mean, you know, everyone had it, but for the musicians specifically, it was like, we go to this one uh, uh, huge auditorium room, and, you know, lights are down low, and you have a musician come in, like, one of the you know, one of the fellow art students, you know, comes in and plays, like, a bit of music, you know, plays some nice piano music, plays some nice flute, you know, six-piece, whatever, and the thing about it is, you're in a dark room. It's really nice, you know, air conditioning, really nice seats, beautiful music. I want to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing about it is, it's like, you know, and, and like, and I'm pretty sure I have like, you know, some sort of snoring problem or whatever. You know oh, what I'm saying? I, I know as soon as I fall asleep, it would be like, you know, like, how dare you not show the proper <laughs> respect? You know, but the thing is, it's like, I actually kind of am. It's a compliment. It's, this is so good. I can't stay awake. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, and you've literally put me in the best play. You're treating me like a king right now. <laughs> Put me in this, you know, place with soft lighting and soft music, but it's disrespectful to fall asleep. What the fuck is that? I'm trying to look through here and seeing if there were any particular moments for me that stood out. Um, the Confluence songs, um, those kind of blend together to me. I'm guessing there's a very similar gameplay mechanic at that point, I'm guessing. So there's kind of a reason yeah, I tried to watch some, like, gameplay footage. Uh, like, it was just, like, to see, like, yeah, where the musical moments sort of fit in, you know? And it, it did feel like this thing was, like, such a huge open sandbox. I mean, literally, like, sandbox. Like, there's just sand everywhere. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of specific moments worth highlighting. Uh, this is so hard. I guess Nadir, the music got... I just wrote yeah. that Jesus Christ, this music got quick and so intense so fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I like the ones, I like the tracks that really do kind of paint a picture and make you think what this could possibly uh, be. Nadir is definitely one of those. Um, The second to last track also, where... Yeah, that's right. We didn't just play the first five tracks and fall asleep. No, no, no. We gave gave it a full day in court. Um, Just like the kind of determined uh, now or never kind of feel to it. So I assume that is just like it's leading up to the big uh, standoff. Both of those tracks have a an intimidating drumming that sounded to me like giant footsteps, like very Mm. uh, foreboding, very intimidating kind of sound. Um, I like the I like the sounds, uh, the song specifically, where they're a bit more. kind of cacophonous where there's just like a lot going on right um to just kind of help paint a picture you're actually right like yeah the stuff that's more like rushing is more like pulling because it's just like okay something's happening but there's just so many long stretches where it's just ethereal music and it's just like 
I don't know what what was there was there a flute there just now? What was was happening? <laughs> you know, it's so like trying to be out of the way because it's in a video game where it the point is for it to be you know purely part of the you know what I'm saying this sort of you know play with your college roommate at two a.m. sort of game you know like yeah like it fits there but outside of that it's. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't pull at your ear too much, you know? Descent is another track like that where it just starts right out the gate with very loud uh percussion, just like it's weird. As far as like a album that I said was good to like help you fall asleep, the the songs that are way more tense and frenzied are the ones I enjoyed more cuz it was just more layers uh yeah. to it. The Road of Trials, um I wrote down that there's kind of like almost like acoustic guitar and church bells. The songs that offered more uh, different instruments than you're used to hearing on other tracks, like the tracks with didgeridoo, uh, Mm. xylophone at the end of uh, Road of Trials specifically, um, those are the ones that stood out to me. Now, if you were to ask me afterwards... Uh, like, which you know, track was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Draw a fucking line between this description and the name of the song. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, but overall, I did enjoy myself. Um, I ended up still giving it a four and a half, which feels odd giving it that it was fucking nominated for a Grammy for like best like score for something. And like, there's <laughs> nothing wrong musically with the album. There's nothing I have umbrage, you know, and I don't, I don't take issue with anything. Yeah, but I mean, in the face of someone saying like, well, this one, a Grammy or whatever, you're like, how can you hate on that? It's like, bitch, when's the last time you listened to it? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to listen to this again. Yeah, th- that's what I think about with the practicality. It's like, but is this really going to be in someone's life? You know, is there a point to me actually telling you to listen to this? Now, maybe after I, because I have, I am inspired to play the game after listening to this, especially because it does seem like a pretty breezy uh, playthrough if you know what you're doing. Um, I do, I mean, I am interested in checking it out, and then maybe, after I've played it, I'll want to revisit it if the music right. is crucial, uh, and very significant and stays with you, like fucking Katamari Damacy. I love the soundtracks Yo, to those yeah. games. <laughs> I'll listen to those in my spare time, all the time, Ooh, because they have- star, all day. They have, because <laughs> they have such a fucking <laughs> sentimentality with the game. But yeah, I'd give this a four out of five, a little less than yours. Just pure, like, uh, again, it's not that this isn't made by talented people and all that stuff. Absolutely, but it's just yeah. The, the pure, like, like once we get to that level of this is so proficiently good, like, what can you really say about it? Okay, now who would want to listen to this, though? Like, where, what purpose is this serving for the typical audience at large who we are talking to? And it's just like, I just don't know if this is like that sort of like, oh, you got it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, maybe if it was like some, like you said, yeah, Rolling Star, or maybe if it, we had listened to, I don't know, the, the, uh, something by, uh, who's that guy who does, uh, Christopher Nolan movies? Um, you know, he does the music for him. Um, fucking Warner Herzog? I, <laughs> I think Warner Herzog is a director. <laughs> Wait, then who am I thinking of? He's the guy who talks like this really intensely. Who the fuck am I thinking of them? It's uh, a similar name. But he has a name like that. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yeah. That was it. I didn't look it up. Werner Herzog. <laughs> all these Germans, what's the difference? Am I right? <laughs> they all just sound angry at you. <laughs> yeah, this serves its purpose. But yeah, outside of that... 
I'm not sure it would in the same way that like, hey, maybe, yeah, you might like some music from a game, but if you heard it outside of that, like, it might not stick with you as much. Or it might because the people who made the Sonic music are fucking geniuses and uh, <laughs> they need to be getting, you know, awards for that shit. The music is fucking timeless. Uh, <laughs> first three Sonic games is all I'm saying. Um, oh, so, so you're not talking about Crush 40. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You gotta go faster! <laughs> gotta go faster, 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 faster! Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Sonny kicks! <laughs> but with that, we gotta transition to a brand spanking new release. Amine is back. Haven't talked about him on the show in fucking years, but he's yeah, back! Yeah, he's the low-key, you know what I'm saying? The low-key dude who's like six foot tall, though. <laughs> he, he fucking waits... And he strikes at just the right moment. <laughs> he waits in tall bushes. He's <laughs> a fucking Pokemon. Strike the game at the right moment. And here's the random encounter. We were walking in that, in that tall grass. A wild Amine appeared. It threw Limbo. <laughs> now, was it super effective? We've got to... Mm, this is the discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The sophomore release following Good For You, which we also reviewed on the show back in 2017. Now, we didn't talk about 1.5, uh, his in-between release, but I, I checked I it out. Because I remember it was an EP, but the Jack Black joint was on it, right? There was a couple tracks on there that are definitely worth checking out, a couple singles um, along the way. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it, really, but there are definitely some cuts on there that I would recommend. I wasn't sure what I was really expecting, because Good For You... Is still an album I revisit. Amine is definitely one of my, uh, I guess if you could say mainstream. He's one of my mainstream faves. Yeah, you know he's maybe going to get like a, a, you know, top 50 hit in there, you know, like. <laughs> so I was pretty excited um, for this release, but I'm going to toss it over to RC uh, for your thoughts on it first, because I'm curious what you thought. Well, for uh, me with Amine, like, he's always been the person who's just like, he has that sort of quirky personality where it's like, you want to get to know more about him. But I do personally feel like when I get to, like, a full project or, like, when I do hear something from him that feels like it's conceptual, it doesn't feel like it, like, commits to it all the way. Mm. And it's just, like, more relying on the silly fun personality or or the deadpanness of his, you know, delivery mm. than, like you know, really giving you, uh, a, a, you know, laying out a full idea in a way that really feels like it, like, pops, you know what I'm saying? Um, I remember listening to uh, one of the singles, it was The Shimmy, which was, like, the sort of, like, the ODB tribute, and I remember listening, like, oh, shit, he's got a song sample on ODB, well, I gotta like this, and then listening to it, and it's like, well, this is relatively, like, tame and chill for a dude who's trying to emulate odb you know what i mean well, like, it's gonna emulate it's just sampling but what it. i mean is like sampling like when your boy jpeg mafia yes that's the fucking boy who did his odb tribute joint where you hear the with the crazy drums and all that shit and, oh fuck yeah of course. you know what i'm saying it was just yeah. like it wasn't necessarily odb but it was such its own manic energy that it's just like oh yeah i see how this is like taking shit to the next level but mm. with this it was just like you know the really chill beat like really relaxed. like this sounds more like a you know a flossy 90s rapper like if you name this mm. like diddy or something like that i could see like oh yeah i'm just fl-. you know he's not saying any crazy shit like the very first lyric is like it's been a whole year my nigga let's not front it's my year my nigga it's like the very first lyric is just you rhyming a word with itself like there's nothing less creative and less weird and off the wall than that you know mm. it's just like 
it just felt so like plopped down instead of not really hmm. taking advantage of like, oh, we're using a crazy sample. Well, bitch, I'm gonna get you know go insane with these flows and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then what was that? <laughs> yeah, it was like at the end he's like, ooh, baby, I like it raw. It's like. I, I, was this raw? Was this raw? Was this your <laughs> raw track? You know, like, were you going off? You know, and then, who was that one lyric was like, I'm bigger than Texas. Me and God text message. Y'all see how easy lying is? It's easy to forget this. And it's just like, wait, so, so are, were you lying about your raps? Or were you, are you lying now or were you lying then? <laughs> you know, it's just like, like, he's trying to be slick and that's sort of like, oh, don't you see how easy lying is? But it's like, but this song is supposed to be about you bragging about your shit. So, Am I supposed to just not be believing you when you say that you got the new car? Because I thought you did, though. But, you know, it's like, what's, what's happening in the song? It feels like he is more than the average guy, like, on some fucking Kyle shit, right? Like, I feel like I should be enjoying what he does on the same level that I enjoy a Kyle album in the same way as, like, yeah, he's not, like, trying to be, like, super lyrical, but, like, oh, you love the personality and how you, he really brings you into the moment of what's happening in the song. And I don't feel like I get the full commitment on um, a lot of these tracks, unfortunately. I definitely fuck with Amine way harder than I do Kyle, if we're going to bring Kyle into the discussion. Oh, for real? I can can see the comparison, though. Yeah. See, because I I remember enjoying the... uh, Because I think we did, like, two back-to-back album uh, reviews, and I remember, like, enjoying it. was like, okay, I was actually able to flow with this guy for, like, two solid albums. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, he had the personality of, like, hey, I'm going to teach the world to smile, and had, like, you know, the person... Again, he doesn't need to necessarily be like that guy, but the point is, is, like, as I go into him, I can remember what his direct personality is and the things about him that make me want to come back. With Amine, I'm like... I know that he doesn't give a fuck, and he's like, I'm rich, but I'm like, you know, kind of low-key about it. But I don't feel a lot of real, you know, digging in lyrically beyond that, because it feels like sometimes, whereas when I'm listening to a verse, I'm like, okay, I know you're supposed to be bragging on your bullshit and whatever, but, like, I feel like all you did was just brag there and didn't really give me anything Mm. clever and funny. Okay, I get that. And it kind of sucks because it's like, this is one of those people that I feel like I'm trying to be on their side because like whenever I do hear a track, I'm like, oh, what's he going to do this time? You know, he's got some fun little, that fun little beat work he has in there. It's very like tingy and you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's, it's really chilled out and, and, but it feels very like, it, it feels very him in terms of like, oh yeah, as I listen to this, that's the aesthetic of this chilled out dude. But at the same time, like, yeah. Whereas every now and then it'll hit you with like something slick, like a little quick upper punch of a of a line. Like I feel like when I listen to him, I get that fucking method man energy where I feel like I should be listening to a track and every every other second I'm going like, oh, oh, fucking holy shit, this fucking wow. He's always fucking able to flip a track. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember when we were listening to that Wu-Tang album? Uh, where it's like, you know, Method Man was like the only fucking one that showed up. But oh, it's like, yeah. you know what, bitch, now that I'm here, you know, I'm going to give you some shit you're going to remember, though. <laughs> you know? And it feels like it should be that w- w- with a lot of these tracks where it's just like, oh, yeah, you're, you're having a fun time with the, hearing his flow and how it develops and how he uses the flow to help shape where the punchlines go. I feel like I just don't get as much of that creativity, whereas I feel like he is the type of fun guy who if pushed could do that but it just feels like there's not you know what I, you know what i'm trying to say i feel like i'm in limbo literally <laughs> i think when i go into an amine album i have different expectations cuz i don't normally dig that deep into what he's saying for the most part because when i listen to amine i really like the overall attitude uh the production is usually um pretty on fucking point 
I kind of yeah, turn I mean, my hey, brain if off. That personality goes for you. Like, yeah, I, I definitely can do that. It. That even like, when like you could be saying whatever the fuck, but if you're flowing and I like the attitude, then I'm just kind of here for it. My impression of this album was that it started good, got really good, then fell the fuck apart. I I, I kind of feel a little bit because yeah, as I look through the track listing, like I was like, oh, you know, like okay, um, I think Woodlawn I really enjoyed compensating i really enjoyed yeah specifically because of fucking young thug again i keep yeah. saying it every time he shows up i'm like half of what he said was kind of dumb it didn't make any sense but i really liked it <laughs> like i just i wanted to hear where he was going with the flow again it's like jid and all these guys who are like yep. they recognize that like no it's about keeping your ear with where i'm going with this with this fun crazy flow and why does my voice sound like i'm like i'm almost not saying the words because i'm like I, f- I feel like i'm like right off of my voice as he as i'm rapping like yeah. it sounds like right it's like that's baby what is that like that was so cool just it was just fun hearing how he was gonna flip the next word but again it was kind of annoying when every now and then he'd like repeat a punchline where it'd be like oh you know uh, uh the the seats is black and orange like daffy duck and then like uh, 30 seconds later he's like oh my coop is like daffy duck was like yeah, no <laughs> you already said that you can't you can't go to that <laughs> you know? well again yeah it's like you see it's not as clever it doesn't surprise us when you do it again you see it makes it less clever because because it, it sounds like an idea we already heard you hear how that works out oh man i really <laughs> hope he mentions daffy duck again ah there it is <laughs> yeah exactly oh man that's so clever oh, now i'm a fan now i get now now he's got to do the daffy duck thing like that <laughs> that's his fucking catchphrase now that's his fucking everyone's looking back and I'm waiting for him to say I didn't do it you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> say the line thugger um, yeah I thought the the album opened up really strong but then that fucking I, I felt completely different on shimmy I was absolutely for shimmy the, oh really for me okay. it was a fucking hat trick uh, shimmy pressure on my palms and riri where the fucking like that's where for me and compensating um, but that one fell apart a little bit for me. It, th- there were some parts I liked better than others, like the whole, you might win the key to my chest, you might win the key to my, like that fo- that part with, with uh, Young Thug, <laughs> I didn't care for that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny when you say, uh, you enjoyed pressure on my palms, you said? Yeah, right? yeah, I, I dug that yeah, one. See- I didn't enjoy that as mm. much, and it's one of those things, like, when I first listened to it, like, I get, like, as you said that, I was like, no, I get why you enjoyed it, because when I first listened to it, it was just like, yeah, feeling the energy of what's happening, and how the musicality is, like, you know, the pressure in my bones, and just hearing how it's, like, coming out and changing and shit, but then, like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, as I'm listening to what he was saying, like, it's like, again, it, I can't even, like, dump on it, because it's not all bad, it's just like, every now and then, it's just like, what was that? Like, when he says, like, I got my pressure in my palms and Arthur. I'm like, okay, man, this like when Fergie Peter pants. <laughs> like, what? I, I think it's what? odd, too, that, again, <laughs> if we're talking about the placement of these tracks, he just fucking dissed Fergie on Shimmy. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. And I was like, oh, you think this is the on? anthem and you're just Fergie. Like, ah, I remember when Fergie tried to sing the anthem and she sucked at it. And then yeah, the very next like, track, we're fucking talking about her pissing her pants. Like, come the fuck on to me, Nate. What did Fergie do to you recently? It's like, what are fucking feelings are hurt? Album? 
Second of all, I remember being like, when I was at peak, fuck Black Eyed Peas because they're mainstream shit. And I remember reading about like that whole thing of like, oh yeah, I felt pathetic and you know, I peed my pants out of like a fucking show or something like that. And I remember like that actually being a moment of being like, oh man, I feel so bad. Like shit, man, you're going through some hard shit. Like, like she was on like crystal meth or something and like things were going real bad. And I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> so it feels kind of like, oh man, why, why would you, <laughs> why would you pick at that? <laughs> what, yeah, what did she do to you? <laughs> There was that, and then there was another track where he's, like, talking about how crazy the track is, and he says, like, this is when Britney went bald, like, can y'all leave these women alone? It, it was the I'm pressure of my body. It's the same song, yeah. God damn, dude. It's the, Stop. It's the first, I know, it's and it's the first lyric. It's like, this is Britney Spears when she went bald, nigga. Punkin' niggas way before there was punk, nigga. And I was just like, that wasn't even worth it for a rhyme. Like, for a fucking know? diss at a woman who's gone through way too fucking much. I mean, yeah. hey. It's like, leave, leave, leave Britney alone! alone. <laughs> but ironically, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and I'll, I'll dig deeper on these tracks when, when I fucking feel like it. But <laughs> at, after Riri, though, that's when we fucking... Have I ever used the, the expression before or the metaphor when... Uh, you're watching Price is Right. Do you remember the minigame where there was a yodeler? And you have to stop on the right price. And if you wait too long, that fucking yodeler goes over the edge of the cliff. Amini <laughs> goes over the edge of the cliff on Easy, featuring Summer Walker. The mm. easily worst track on the fucking album, right after fucking Riri is inexcusable. Summer Walker sounds awful, just boring, and the whole track is just a weird... Like, I thought it was catchy, I liked the vibe, but man, what y'all were doing on that track, I was not here for at all. You're right, it's so rough, like, it feels like it needed to be tighter, like, yeah. this could have been a pro crossover type single with a just some tweaking, like, some attention, some care paid to, like, really making, like, the part, you know, the, the back and forth really work together cohesively, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna get the shitty tracks out of the way first. I don't even think this is a shitty track, I just didn't necessarily feel it. Mama, uh, the track after Easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be a sweet, cutesy, A. Hey, it's dedicated to my mom, but it's yeah, like, Yeah, and you oh. can't hate this, because it's sweet. <laughs> I quoted Tupac, come on. <laughs> I think I can at least a little bit, though. Um... I didn't love the... Was his name really Odie? Like the fucking... He had a little post-chorus where he goes, Because uh, you're the only woman in my life who makes me smile! Who makes you make me smile! I hated that, that. That actually got me a little bit. Because was like, okay, I can see you saying that to your mom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was just annoying the way he did but it. It's like chance. You know, it, it goes over the, the corny <laughs> hill a little A little, a little bit. Yo, the Odie, yo. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's the final lyric where it just feels like a. The final lyric just felt like a. I need a final rhyme. Here it is, and I'm done. Here's what you expected. Like, look, I'm thankful to be your son. It's my honor tonight. I want to quote Tupac, "Dear Mama." It's like that's not even like you're just saying what the name of the song is. You weren't you even say, saying Dear like Mama, one of the sweet at the sentiments. End of the song? Yeah, like, that's you're not even saying goes. one of the sweet sentiments from the song, you're just saying what the title is. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> I know that there exists a song called Dear Mama. Yeah, your song is being, like, compared to that right now. You, you see how that works. And and if you're just being derivative by, like, just saying, hey, remember this other <laughs> rap song someone did? It's like, it just makes me think, oh, well, yeah, I should probably just go listen to that one, because that one did a better job. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we gotta talk about, uh... 
The fucking... Oh, Becky. Becky! Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, when I actually took the time to check this out, I actually gotta say, like, this is probably one of the gutsier, gutsier tracks. You know what I'm saying? It, it, like, it had potential to. Yeah. Um, I thought the subject matter, the way he tackled it was good, but, like, after just kind of saying what they dealt with, whatever, like, talking about, you know, wanting Amine for, like, an attitude or, like, cleverness, there really wasn't any of that in this. It was just like, hey, our parents don't like us. Our friends are weird. We get looks yeah. when we go places. It's like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Anything else Jungle there? Jungle Fever or... in 1991 happening right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it, well, it just, like, particularly threw me off because, like, the very first lyric is, Mama said don't ever bring a white girl home to me. And, like, the song right before this was how much you loved your mom and how great she was. And it just, like, that just oh, felt man. on the <laughs> Like, sequencing people. <laughs> I did not even fucking make that connection. That's hilarious. I'll always love my mom. And she taught me some pretty bad shit. <laughs> some pretty regretful things. Now that I think about it five seconds later, comes second thought... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me take like, a dear mama quote out of there at least. That, that feels weird now. If we're gonna but, bring um, up some fucking old school uh, comparisons, if you were to go on some fucking mama's gotta die tonight shit, <laughs> fucking body count. Fuck it, go all out. Yeah. And, and I, I saw Twitter what was the uh, the discourse on the track of how. Oh man, here's what I go through dating a white girl. Isn't exactly what we need, but even if the song was done better, I think I would have been able to excuse the kind of awkwardness of it. Because um, it's not lyrically impressive, and I don't even really remember too much about the beat either. And it was one of those things, like, as I figured out, like, wait, like parts where I thought there were verses, it was actually, like, just the hook. Mm, and it was just like, yeah. oh, well, now it feels like there's even less going on. You know, like, it's like this is one of those songs where it's like, if you're making a story song like this, I need a story. Like, you can't just have other parts repeating and expect the gravitas of that to carry it. You know what I mean? Like, what it boils down to is him saying, like, yeah, you know, all my friends, you know, keep bringing up the race and on her side and on my side. And, and then, like, now I did, like, at the end, like, he does make a sort of, like, you know... This is where I felt it was kind of gutsy, because he makes, like, a sort of stand on his own. Where he's yeah. like, you know, you can't seem to find why you phase me, and I just don't know... Th that felt... This lyric felt a lot, I just don't understand why you're clingy. Like, I, did, I didn't get that in the sense of, like, okay, I... Like, if the song's supposed to be about, you know, you don't understand my experience, and so I don't, like, that's maybe why we can't gel. You know what I'm saying? But mm. to say, like, I don't know why you're clingy, like, what does that have to do with it? Like, so yeah, she's like, she's blind and doesn't understand the feelings, so I've had enough. Like, okay, like, and I can understand, like, just from your, for your own personal mind. Like, again, like, you know, songs don't need to solve racism or whatever the fuck, <laughs> right? right. You know, so, yeah, like, I, I can be with it in the sense of, like, this is a narrative about someone saying, like, you know, because society so, like, is just not willing to let us just be human beings together, and because this is coming in between us in a way where I feel like it could affect me in a negative way for you not knowing my struggle, and maybe, and again, that might be an element of this, maybe she's not, like, interested or or hasn't, like, you know what I'm saying, tried to figure out that struggle, and so maybe there's that feeling of, like, it would be easier if I just said fuck it. Another heady topic on uh, Fetus featuring Injury Reserve. 
Yeah. Man, can yeah. we talk about... Earlier I said I didn't have expectations going in. When you've got Amine featuring Injury Reserve. Injury Reserve! Oh, man! And, and, I was, <laughs> and they've I was like, done oh, boy. Jailbreak the Tesla together. They did the song right? Campfire together. Okay, sorry. I do have an expectation as to how <laughs> the song is going to go. And this was not what I wanted. Now, sure, what I want isn't the same as, you know, is this a good song or not? Yeah, I mean, hell, yeah, if they feel like making a song that's about what's on their hearts instead of a dope-ass battle rap song, you know, okay, fine, we have to deal with that. They're artists, whatever. (laughs) I think Amine, overall, Becky included, Fetus included, when he tries to rap about societal issues, maybe, maybe not. The inability to really commit to the full topic gets put on full display i think when it comes to the more serious songs because it's like now you're paying more attention and now you're just like wait you didn't really lay that out in a way that felt complete you know it's just about like the worries i guess of having a kid and what you're gonna go through of like how the world sucks and how you don't want to you don't want to expose an innocent person to everything shitty that you deal with i guess but you know like you said it doesn't really fully commit to that and there actually is uh, an idea that is brought up that I did like and I wish they did commit to more, which is the the whole idea of, like, you know, money not being fulfilling and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the beat was, yeah, like, a little sloshy and just, like, kind of weird. It just felt unfocused. I liked the production because that's fucking... Really? That's fucking entry reserve. Yeah, I dig that shit. No, it, it, I don't know. I guess it's, like, it, it felt like a... Like, it, it did feel like a typically I like what this is, but for what's happening, it's so, like, clunky and sloshy that I'm like, but you're talking about something serious, and I want to yeah. focus it. <laughs> you know? And, like, and it doesn't feel like you're really committing to it. It didn't work with the subject matter, yeah. I'll agree with that. But I did like the ending, you know, like I said, when that one guy randomly comes in, and he's just like, man, you know, you want to, you, you feel like you should be doing all these great things, but then you realize, like, well, uh, if I, you know, get this Ferrari, well, now I'm just a guy with a Ferrari. Like, does it really mean anything? And then you're like, oh, why don't I fucking try grapefruits? And you're like, oh, my God, grapefruits. I never tried that before when I was poor, and why is this better than, you know, the Ferrari just because it's a new experience that I can enjoy? You know, it's just like, huh, that's... All right, I, like I like that sort of flip right there. You know what I mean? I was gonna make note of that because uh, this is actually kind of a this is how this album feels like a sequel to 1.5 more than good for you. On 1.5, uh, Instagram personality uh, Ricky Thompson uh, has a lot of spoken word bits at the beginning and ends of songs that kind of either put things into perspective or just kind of like. I don't know if they were taken from already existing videos or they were recorded specifically for the album, but on this one we got a comedian, uh, Jack Knight, who does a lot of the similar stuff. Uh, he does an intro on Burden. He's got a spoken word track where he talks about how uh, Kobe Bryant's death affected oh, him yes, personally. That was, that was nice. On Burden, Jack Knight says, this is that kind of music you listen to when you're picking your friend up who just got out of jail. On Woodlong... And on Burden, uh, Amine mentions a friend of his named Mark, who is currently incarcerated. Other songs where death kind of comes up, and it almost feels like the limbo, and again, this is this might be such a fucking jump, being in prison or being killed are like the two opposite sides of the spectrum, and anything in the middle feels like limbo. 
or maybe he feels like he can't get out of the feeling that that is just what his life is, right? Like, I don't know. Like, when you look at the album cover, it's so, like, I don't know if sillily is a word, but just yeah. goofily simple. Like, I mean, <laughs> just him pulling his own mouth to a little ball that says limbo. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it feels very, very lighthearted. The fucking music video for compensating, like, a lot of it is just, you know, very tongue-in-cheek. Kind of feels a lot like, uh, good for you. But then, yeah, there's, like, very, very serious stuff just kind of sprinkled uh, throughout. He's such a chill guy that, like, he he doesn't, like, he's too chill to go into too many more specific things. <laughs> it's like I enjoy being with him, but he doesn't really lay out what he's talking about. <laughs> like I do have this verse written down from Burden, where death does come up. Shit is legal now. The dealers know the jig is up. When it's us, we're getting years, maybe ten and up. Soccer mom's doing the same, but government don't give a fuck. You know I'm hailing from that rap city. Get busy if I die. Roll out the yellow carpet if you fuck with me. Yellow roses in the sky. Pastor rock a yellow tie. Choir make my mama cry. Yellow suit, yeah I'm fly. Coldplay playing Yellow Live. I love that. That whole string was so fucking good. I gotta mention Roots with uh, Charlie Wilson, and it wouldn't be an Amina album without Charlie Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And he's on a couple tracks too, but he's only credited on being on Roots, but he's also it, on it's Mama. Such a, like, it feels like such a Kanye grab, where it's like, look, I'm getting this really serious soul thing. <laughs> you know? It feels like Charlie's the go-to, because he was, he was also on a uh, Chica track uh, i think like tyler the creator kind of gets charlie wilson for stuff oh, too you know yeah i think i think charlie wilson might have been on igor or at least that's mm. ringing a but, bell like i enjoy that in its own way in, in this weird sort of like really clean sounding voice person that you get for these like relatively grimy and like gritty sounding tracks you know what i mean yeah like, this weird fit to it that works you know like i enjoy that the, the way they're able to find that balance when when he's on a track because i think he's also a producer so he's also like putting in his uh Putting his little spin on things. I absolutely love what he has to add on tracks like Mama, where he's just like singing Mama in the background, just an ad, just adds that touch of class like you were talking about. I can't remember which song it was in particular, but it was like, he does the chorus and the words he's saying are just like, not the words you expect. They're just like, it's on me when my flaws like ice keep my soul inside. The sun is on me and my stems don't bite if the light shines bright. It's raining on me. My guilt weighs heavy. It costs me a life. I got my own seeds. They ripped my petals to my six because my roots won't die. And it's just mm. like, whoa. <laughs> like, it's just, like, I don't know what it is. Like, every time I was listening, you know how, like, you hear a song and it's just like, oh, that's going to that cliche. That's going to that cliche. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's just the way he was wording it. Just, like, put that little extra oomph in it where you're just like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like how... It was him, Amine, and J.I.D. Uh, they all bring their own... J.I.D. Oh, was <laughs> butter on this track. They all take their own kind of approach to this, to this central theme of growth. It was at the end of the first verse in Roots where, again, it's unrelated, but I really like the way he says it on here where he goes, uh, Mark, get it cracking. Open up your soul and take your body like what's happening. Like the way yeah, he, I love that. Like an accent on that <laughs> was so fun. <laughs> but then he follows that up with, "I'm not a succulent or a sucker baby girl. These roots made me. I bring my flowers to the world." No, this verse is one of the ones where I feel like he he fucking lit it up. Yeah, 
You fucking boy, J.I.D. This fucking part right here, I couldn't help but quote. She likes my third eye. She loves my third leg. This is my third time around the worldwide wins. Give me the Versace. Versace. Benz. Put the work in. Made my words work with pens. Scribbling sins. I drop gems. I don't got TikTok time for them seeds or stems. Bringing it back to, and even then, uh, searching for my shelter through the storm. I find peace. My safe haven. Keep me far away from harm. Nevertheless, the greener grass is proof these roots are strong. This track, man, like, really does bring the fucking theme. Like, constantly bringing it up in a way I don't hear very often. Yeah, oh, and I was gonna quote the, the part, uh, the real cool part near the end where he goes like, get your ass up out that grass and stretch your lips. Photosynthesis, I see the future picture, take a glimpse. <laughs> that was so like, <laughs> Oh, there was another time where he, yeah, he mentions Limbo on Shimmy. Yeah, but that's where he says like, the way I kill niggas, send my ass to prison and you're Limbo. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I see what's happening here. I think that was the point where I was like, Wait a minute, is there something to this limbo shit? I don't know if this was... Like, I don't know how you felt about Riri. I really like Riri. That, that's one of the ones where it felt like, is there nothing really happening in here? Let's see. Like, broke my three times. Shawty, you're the nigga with the pizza. Dude, I fucking love that chorus, though. One was no, no, okay. Least... Two wasn't cool. But that three was no <laughs> way. No way. <laughs> Fucking habla espanol, no way, Jose. <laughs> no, like it, it was one of those, like, it, like it, you know, it's chill, but it, yeah, it felt like like some of the words are like in the verses were a little flim flammy, you know, like Jesus, you need this, you was Kelly, I was Regis. Just again, anyone who references, I'm Regis. Like I, I don't understand. I feel like I've heard this like multiple times in rap songs. Logic, Kanye, like they're all like, oh, you, you Kelly, I'm Regis. Like what? Why does anyone want to be Regis? Whatever. I mean, it's cool, but like. I, that's not where my head goes, you know? Specifically, he says, uh, like, let's be honest, I've been fucking with you since my Air Force has had the creases. And I'm like, oh, wait, but wasn't there a line, like, earlier in this song where you were like, shorty hit a nigga with the peace on. Well, you wasn't with me since I had the Nissan. Mm. You know, you weren't with me back then. Yeah. Well, then, fucking, which one is it? You know, wait, you weren't with me when I had the Nissan, but but you were with me when I had the the Air Force with the creases. So, like in that period of time, you were with, like, can we can we get a fucking time check on which years that was? Like, when did the Nissan, uh, uh, like you know, oh six, whatever the fuck, come out, and when did the the creases come out? You know, like, was there an overlap? We need the yeah, we need the fucking timeline. We need the graph. We need the line graph, Amine. Why would you even have these like clearly contradictory lyrics in here? Like, shouldn't you be paying attention? into what your song is doing where you remember like oh shit wait didn't i say that she was fucking with me since then why would i say she's not fucking with she what hasn't been fucking with me since then you know like it's just like are you talking to a different person like what's happening here you know again it, it just has that feeling of like you didn't fully think through this you didn't like you know like and it's one of those things where i just kept keep kept feeling like i don't know i feel like this is the guy who should be like slicker than that mm. right like this is the guy that should be like ah you don't expect me to come with some shit but i kind of did yeah I, and i remember specifically it was a the caroline song he did yeah yeah and then he did like that remix which is about like 9 11 or something like that and it was just like the way he flipped the lyrics was like oh i thought you were just the fun time party rapper but you got something a little slick you know what i mean mm. 
But I guess it's just like it's a short, a short burst thing, you know. Like he, he has his moments of brilliance, but it's just like, and again on this album, it's it, there are still moments of brilliance as well. But yeah, it just it just feels like there's not enough focus, and it it's noticeable. Like it's oddly noticeable for me, you know. I I get that, but like Riri specifically for me, that was just a fucking vibe. Like again, and I can understand that. Like again, the, the hook, <laughs> the, the hook, super catchy. I liked the um, I liked the way it ended. It was so silly, just like num 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 num. I just a lot. I liked the way that sounded. So it's like I was just there for that one. What did you get for an overall rating on this album? I feel bad. I give it a two and a half out of five. Ooh, wow. I know that feels like it's so harsh. See, and here's my thing. I feel like I'm kind of going the other way because I ended up giving it a four. Honestly, in my opinion, this should have ended with Riri, and I would have, I wouldn't have minded if if this didn't have Mama, Becky, Fetus, or my reality. And then my reality at the end, and especially easy. I forgot about fucking easy. God damn, easy. Um, but then, yeah, like, My Reality is an okay song to close it on, but it's not that great. It was the last song, and I rated it a three, and I had that feeling of, like, this was a kind of interesting idea, but it feels like he didn't go further enough with it, like it felt like every other song. <laughs> like, if, if you would have you know? put that one earlier, and I, you know, I would be able to just shut it off. Because it's trying to do the, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm finally getting my dreams happening, like, isn't this cool? Like, it's finally happening for me, and, you know, I do kind of like how he he has the thing you know eminem kind of does this where it's like you wrap uh up to the right up to the hook so that like the last thing you say like cuts right into what's happening on the hook like i do kind of like how he did that but it's just the sentiment with which he was expressing just didn't feel like it was like big enough to like be worth how like you know intricate the music was happening you know what i mean like i don't know it just feels like a bit (laughs) writing wise it felt like a bit of a half measure with what was happening so with that many songs, just songs that like when I'm re-listening to this album, I'm shutting it off almost halfway through. Like yeah. a four does sound a bit excessive, but man, fucking honestly, with all honestly, like burden into woodlawn, into roots, into canticide, compensating shimmy, pressure my uh, pressure my palms, riri. I think those are all fucking great tracks, and that's eight tracks in a row where mm. I'm just like, no, this is fucking solid. And then, yeah, like, that second half, though, is just fucking... It's trash. Oddly, him trying to be more personal, it seems, on the second half is like... But I I think, again, it's that, like, we're on the first half, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not as well written, but I'm vibing through the whole song, so it doesn't matter. But then it's like, oh, now I'm supposed to be paying attention, and oh, now I can notice that these aren't written as well. You know, it's that sort of thing. I'm not trying to, you know, really listen to what he's saying in the verses as much as like, oh, yeah, I can really enjoy the hook when it comes. But it might not even be him singing the hook. You know what I'm saying? So that's something I wanted to bring up, actually, because I'm compensating when Amine sings the hook. I'm not a big fan of when he when he does sing that hook. I Mm -hmm. wish he would have got someone else to do it. And then I'm pressuring my palms. Another feature I didn't even mention, Bree Runaway. Uh, sings the chorus on that song um, just like the third time like she doesn't sing the chorus of the whole song just like (laughs) the last time I was like ooh I wouldn't mind if you got Brie to do more of these choruses and then just two songs later you got fucking Summer Walker and it's like oh damn why couldn't you get fucking Brie again so I don't I'm not a big fan of when Amine tries to stretch to that extent sometimes he does it alright but 
it, that was one of the things on compensating I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, going back to the commentating, again, liked the hook, but it's like, it's one of those things where I was like, I'm just thinking about what's happening. Like, he's like, okay, I fucked up once again, and you know that I'm never too proud to beg. It's hard to admit when I made my bed, and you know that I always wish you the best. Little bitch, roll inside the bed. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, what? The way he throws that in there, I do fucking really like <laughs> and, that. And, like, it's like, I want to enjoy it for the, like, little bit, but, like, there's nothing directly spiteful in anything else I he's know. saying, so it doesn't make sense. It like, doesn't. he sounds like he's legitimately repentful, so when you say, little bitch, it's like, oh, oh so am I not supposed to believe it, though? But. <laughs> You said you fucked up. You said that you're sorry. You said, uh, you, you know, I'm not too proud to beg. I'll admit it, you bitch. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, commit to what you're actually trying to say. Oh, no. I, I, I 100% get that. I, I feel you on that. Well, with all that, that about wraps it up. As mentioned earlier in the show, you might have noticed that uh, that Journey album, that wasn't a new release. Why were we talking about that? Why were we talking about a video game instrumental soundtrack? That's not normally what we do, and, you, and you'd be right. That's not something we normally do, but we did it because it was a listener-requested album review. And if there is an mm, album right. that you would like to hear us talk about, and if you missed last week's show, uh, a little update on that front. We've got a lot of requests, uh, so many, in fact, yes. <laughs> that we're worried that um, we're going to be making some of the folks at the bottom of uh, the uh, the end of the line wait way too long. It's basic supply and demand economics, you know, man? Exactly. Like, people are really wanting these, and I totally get that, and we appreciate it. We're not going to tell you to stop. We're not cutting it off, per se, um, but we are raising the price from 40 to 60 in hopes that like if you're if you really like if you're really feeling sixty fucking dollars for a request, we're not gonna tell you no. If you wanna request a fucking Danny Elfman soundtrack, now I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I'm actually Yeah, wait, hold on a minute, actually. Please. <laughs> Someone requested <laughs> I wanna listen to fucking uh Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> oh my god. I, I I will fuck with like any goddamn Danny Elfman soundtrack. But <laughs> fucking um, Boingo Boingo, goddamn. <laughs> if you wanna request Oingo Boingo, I'm one hundred percent for that too. I'm not Let's gonna limit it to the soundtrack. Tracks. If you want to request only a lad, I'm here for it. Dead Man's Party, you name it, I'm there. Um, but yeah, we're raising it to sixty. And if there's an album that really needs that much too, and you and you're down, and you want to pay the sixty, go right ahead. Yeah, if you're cool, if you're down, if you're down, if you're DTF, we're there. Um, down to fund. <laughs> down to finance. God damn it! That's it. Son of a bitch. Um. <laughs> but yeah, um, and the personally recorded albums that you had made yourself, that's going up to what? It was 70? 70 if you want to request your own uh, personal bit of music that you made. Uh, 80 if you want to just come to me and like want me to listen to your stuff and give you notes. Some people like have come up to me like that, so I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'll make it a tier. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, 100 for an actual rap critic um music episode request so if this is the first time you're listening to us which would uh, be which would just be fucking amazing but who knows yeah, I, I gotta hear their thoughts on that journey soundtrack no other podcast has the balls to fucking speak up about that goddamn soundtrack well we got you covered if for whatever reason um in case the ra rugged man interview might have uh brought us to your attention like you were just following him and you saw like uh people were tweeting about it and you're like oh what was this show and if you liked it enough that you came back again well thank you very much first of all 
And uh, if you want to play some catch-up, all of our old episodes are on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. So they're all there. But I think that just about covers it. All of our other links are in the description, our link trees. So um, you, so you never miss a beat. You can follow us on Twitter and YouTube and Kofi and Patreon and all of them shits. Somehow we were able to get an hour and 35 recording out of this. <laughs> yeah, man. Who would have foreseen? We're what a journey wizards. we went down. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we're, we're just going off everywhere. Oh my god, dude. I'm not even exaggerating. Going off all over him. What? I, I just now got your intro and why you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. You thought. You thought. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking felt like it. Oh my god. It's been that fucking Boom. week. Folks, with that, my, 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 my puns are so complex, it takes an hour and a half to get the plug. I don't think there's any topping that. Until next week, for going off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and I hear the secrets that you keep. When you're talking in your sleep, you... You like that? More more 80s reference? I've been doing those uh, Billboard Twitch streams, and we are in the 80s, and that, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> that's just on my mind. It, it actually was not related to the journey thing. I, I actually just wanted to make another 80s reference. <laughs> so instead, you just wanted to make the listeners think that you knew the secrets that they kept. I was using the fact that that 80s song is in my head to coincidentally tell you about a message that happens to coincide with the intended meaning of the lyrics in that song, if that's what you're saying. And that like, you also wear your sunglasses at night. And, I mean, uh, well, that was... Hey, why you gotta spoil the next episode, man? What's... I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs>